You're on with Barbara. Hey, 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 it's me, Barbara Corcoran, and this is 888-BARBARA. That's right, it's time to answer all your burning questions. From the boardroom to the bedroom, nothing is off limits. So listen up for some advice on how to live your best life. Each week, I'll be answering all your burning questions, and sometimes I'll be asking them too, interviewing some of the greatest folks I know to learn the secrets of their success so I can share them with you. Today, we hear from Denise from Louisville, who is asking me what to do after she divorces her husband tomorrow. Divorces her husband tomorrow, not next week. Yeah, we're all divorcing our husband tomorrow. Listen in. So my daughter just left for boarding school, and I'm walking around like almost depressed, like I lost my best friend. I got to get over this. And then this caller calls in with the exact same problem. We put our heads together, and we've come up with a plan. Hi, Barbara. I have been married for about six years, and I plan on divorcing my husband tomorrow. I have a home that I owe 60000 on, and it's appraising at one eighty. I have about $40,000 in self-directed IRA, and I would like to try to utilize that money to put me and my two kids in a better position financially. The home that I live in right now, my husband pays for it. We still owe 200 on it. Would love to be able to pay this off, but I need to do something that will help me generate income with the money that I have. Looking for some advice on how I can get myself out of this marriage in a financially smart way. Thank you. Hey there, Denise from Louisville. How are you doing today? I'm doing well and will be better after I get some insight from you. Okay, let's hope so anyway. So you've been married six years and you plan on divorcing your husband tomorrow. We all want to divorce our husbands tomorrow. (laughs) It's the truth. If anybody's been married for more than maybe the first three gorgeous years, you're thinking about divorce and getting rid of the guy on Monday. So... Uh, What's wrong with the marriage? Why so definite about it? So we've been together for almost 20 years, married six, and I have been finding out about financial moves and decisions, very big decisions behind my back. And so I've been really adamant, you know, before we got married, I said, I really wanted this to be a situation where we grew together. Um, A little backstory. We're a biracial couple. So I'm African-American. He's Asian. He's Chinese. And he works for his family. His family's not so thrilled about the marriage. And so I've made it clear to him after dealing with them and things that they've said, I don't want our income tied to what you do with them. We have to do something independent of your work situation with them mm-hmm. in order for us to really survive because he's the breadwinner. Okay. And so much of the money comes from that situation. But I've had so many negative things and experiences from that side of the family where I'm not comfortable. It's fine if he wants to work with them, you know, that's his family. But for me and for me to feel safe in the marriage, I feel like we need to create another income stream independent of that And so I've been real adamant about expressing that and trying to work on that. I am in real estate. I buy rental properties and I have been wanting to increase our portfolio, but I've run into roadblocks because of lines of credit that he has pulled behind my back. Ah, I see. Uh, May I ask you a few questions about the 
buying of the rental properties. So this is yeah. a business you've started, you've been working on, and that you have equity in. You've purchased properties, you rent them out. I wasn't sure what that looks like. Could you give me an idea? We have four properties right now. Mm-hmm. There's one that's completely under my name, one under both of our names, one under his name. Actually, the other two are under his name as well. So four properties, one's in your yes. name, uh, two are in his name, and one is in yes. a mutual name. Yeah, one is our residence. So, Denise, you live in a home now that you're raising your family in. Mm-hmm. Is it just a home or does it have a rental component to it as well? No, that's our primary residence, but it's under his name solely. Ah, uh, so your husband owns the home in his name that you're raising your children in. That's in his yes. name only. What's the next property? There are two rental properties that my name is on. There's mm-hmm. one my name is solely on and there's one our name is on together. Okay. And then the other two are his. So uh, the final score is in his court then. He owns more of the rental properties in his name than you do. Yes, he does. Okay. And why is that? So because of the line of work I do, I sometimes have a job, I sometimes don't. So what will happen is I will save my money and then use my money that I've saved as down payment. And because he can qualify for the loans because he has a steady income, then Uh sometimes they go under his name. But why would you need to use your husband's income to justify an income producing property loan? Banks usually lend on the viability of how much income you could get, not what the husband is earning. What am I missing there? Yeah. My first one was my primary residence. And then I turned that into a rental. The second one was one that he bought and then we refinanced it with both of our names and the other two are his. But when I've spoken to lenders, when I've tried to get loans, they're like, he makes the money, so the loan has to go under his name. So it's very hard for you to buy another property to produce income with without your husband's help. Yes. Okay, uh, what are you going to do for continuing that business once you leave your husband tomorrow? Well, I I have a real estate license, and so I've been getting into that and taking on customers. Mm -hmm. The good thing is that this is not a messy separation, so he's not like, you know, you're out of here. Oh, you spoke to him? Oh, well, yeah. No, we. I'm very open. We're very clear with our communication. It sounds it. (laughs) Yeah, he knows how I feel. The agreement has been you don't have to rush to get out of here. If you can get your pipeline full and buy this home, I will sell it to you for what I owe. Wait, who's talking here? Your husband? Yes, my husband. So your husband says to you, you don't have to be in a rush to get out of here, Denise. And then what does he say? The home that we live in that's under his name, if we would like to stay here, he's given me an opportunity to get my pipeline with my real estate full to purchase it from him for what he owes. Oh, okay. So you could buy him out in the house that you live with with your two children. Yes. That sounds like a great idea. Do you have the cash to do that? It's tied up. I have equity and then I have a self-directed IRA that I could utilize, but it wouldn't take down the whole cost of the house. I would have to sell some houses. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's nothing <laughs> wrong with a little motivation. Down. You know, it makes you make money. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay. So what do you think about that? That's your first question. Should you buy your husband out of your home? How do you feel about that? So I'm conflicted because part of me is like, this is a large home. And do I want to take all this on by myself? But then also it's the kid's home and they're very happy here. And this would keep me close to him so we could all still coordinate family functions and and be involved with each other. Slow down a second. Keep you close to him? You mean he wouldn't move out? He'd be that close? Yeah, he's a very good father and very active father. 
Mm-hmm. So I would not want to move away so far to where he could not be involved with the children. Well, that's a little unusual, Denise. I'm sure you're aware, to say the least. So if you got divorced from your husband tomorrow, which you're hoping to do, he would stay in the house and live with you and the children, but he would be in one room, you'd be in the other, but you'd still share a life together for the sake of the children? Well, that's what we're already doing now. No, what I'm saying is we would keep this home and then he would move out. Oh, okay. So he's going to move out of the home. And then the question is, do you buy him out of that home? I would say, number one, no. What's the rush? He seems like he's reasonable. Why do you want to take on that debt? Uh, You might feel a year from today, you don't want to be in that home. You know, things change. Your your judgment is always constant, but what you have to judge with changes all the time. So what if you decide to make that decision down the road? What are the decisions out there that you have to make now? Really, I just wanted to try to see if I could use that money in the self-directed IRA to generate some income. Like what? Maybe do a flip, maybe... Rental, I don't get as much, you know, that's slow money coming in mm-hmm. initially until it's paid off and then it looks a lot better. Just trying to make that money. What one person told me was I should buy cash lots and then sell or finance them. Is that easily done in your neighborhood, in your market that you know? He seems to do very well with it. He said that he would mentor me. And this is a friend. This is not anybody I have a relationship with. This is a, another real estate partner. He's suggesting that I do that. I've never done that before. So I'm a little bit, you know, not too quick to jump on it. But according to him, you know, he's looking at the numbers and he's like, you can make a 30 percent return on this dollar amount. Yeah, that you yeah, have. yeah, yeah. I don't like it. OK, I Uh-oh. think your hesitation in thinking about it and not jumping right on it is your instinct speaking. It's saying slow down, slow down. I would definitely okay. listen to your instinct. I'll tell you what I don't like about it. a few things. Mixing business and friends never works out. The guy that's on his game and is going to share it with you never works out. 30% return, amazing, amazing, usually doesn't work out. What works out is what you know, sticking with your knitting. Obviously, you've built a little portfolio over time. That's Mm -hmm. something you know, how to take a house and make it a rental building. But like you just said, the income would come in too slow for you initially. What about flips? Have you flipped houses? Do you have a talent for that? Or would that be a new venture or something you're not familiar with? It would be a new venture, but I have a passion for that too. So what I've done is I've done little construction projects around my home and people actually ask me about different things that they can do at their home. I just haven't taken on purchasing a new property, gutting it, and doing it. And that's something that I wanted to do with my husband. Mm -hmm. And he would talk me out of numerous times. And why? What was the hesitation there? Well, he doesn't know real estate and he's not comfortable Mm. with it. And his family, they're in the restaurant industry. And so that was a big separation for us. You know, we got to do something. You want to do restaurant, fine. Do your restaurant thing. Come up with your plan. I'm moving forward with real estate. But what I noticed was every time I came across a deal, he would speak so badly about it that I would eventually walk away from it. I got it. Okay, but you're wiser than that. I don't think uh, you're the kind of lady that lays low too long. May I ask you on the properties that you've already acquired that you've turned into rental units? Forget about who owns what share right now, but just the properties themselves. How long have you owned them and are they profitable? Yes, they are. Well, I I don't look at his two that he has, but the two that are under my name, I have a mortgage on one for 800. I charge 1500. I have a mortgage on another one for 700. I charge 1800. How long have you owned them? Over 10 years. Okay. Now, are they worth a lot more than the income stream? In other words, could you go out right now on the properties that you own and get a second mortgage on it? I could, yes. Well, that's a gold mine, baby. 
That's how everybody in the real estate business really makes money. It's not by buying something, renting out and selling it. It's mm-hmm. by buying something, renting it out. And when the income stream gets higher, going to a bank and saying, how much of a new mortgage can I get on this? How much cash can I pull out? Why do real estate people love doing that? Because they pull the cash out knowing that the tenants could continue to pay it off or the bank wouldn't give you the money. And why do they also love pulling the cash out? Because they don't pay taxes on it till you Mm. have to pay taxes down the road. That's your piggy bank right there, much more than your IRA that you have. What do you have, $40,000 into it? That's the one I'm willing to play with, yeah. Don't be so quick to play with that cash. Cash is cash. It's easy to turn cash into something else. It's very hard to turn something else back into cash. Why Mm -hmm. don't you take your properties, make sure you have current statements on them, and visit your local bank or mortgage broker and shop Mm -hmm. it. Ask how much of a mortgage could you get on? I would much sooner see you put second mortgages on those properties or replace the current mortgages and a good mortgage broker could tell you what's the best way to go and use Mm -hmm. that cash. That's the cash you've earned by being a savvy investor over the last 10 years. So you're really in the enviable position as an entrepreneur to actually have a springboard to jump off of because you've created it. Okay. That's your first stop. There was the one property that I only owe 60 on. And I was like, man, you know, I'm just so close to paying it off. I just didn't want to put a second lien on it. But okay, well, let me test that theory. You pay it off. Then what would you do? Oh, I just use that money as living expenses. My whole thought process behind building a portfolio is that's my retirement. I don't think retirement's going to be around when I get a little older. Well, I would agree with you, but you want to take control of your destiny now and use your money and your equity as wisely as you can. I'll tell you why I don't like the idea of your conservative approach to finish paying off the mortgage and then to take the money monthly and it pays your living expenses. That's very nice because it gives you peace of mind, but what it does is it freezes you in time. You cannot move your business ahead and and acquire more properties and build a bigger cash flow. No, I say slam another mortgage on it. You still get to own the property. You don't pay taxes. You have the equity. And then you roll it into something else. You buy another property doing exactly what you do well. You could build yourself an empire. I did this with my properties in New York City. I never sell my properties. I always wanted to pay them off in the early days, pay them off so I could mm-hmm. say, I really own it. That's a nice thing to do when you own where you live. I get that. I never get a mortgage mm-hmm. on anywhere I live because I like knowing I own it. And if the shit hits the fan, I still have a head. I got something. Yeah, yeah. I got something. Yeah. I could have something for my kids. I, I'm a good provider. However, on your other properties, They're made for leveraging. And how do you make money in real estate? You leverage what you have. No, take those other properties. Forget about what your husband owns. He's probably got the same nest egg stuffed in there that he's not pulling out. See if you could pull that cash out of that property. And then you use that to continue doing what you do well. I have properties I've owned in New York City for 35 years. I didn't even want to buy in the first place. They were bought, frankly, by accident. And you know what? They provided me every home I ever lived in. I just keep slamming a mortgage on, slamming a mortgage on, slamming a mortgage on every five or six years, taking the cash out. That's how you get rich in real estate. And the hardest part of it is getting your start. You've got the start. You've repeated it more than once. Go and do it the way the big guys fly, the way the big girls fly. They put another mortgage on the property and they use that cash to build a bigger equity. Okay. Got it? That's your first step. Get out there and let me know how you did. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you. Okay. I appreciate you back. I'm going to think about leaving my husband on 
<laughs> you're a bad hey. influence. All right, never mind. I've been threatening him for years. He knows I'm not going anywhere. Okay, good old Bill. I'm going home to him tonight. Okay, yeah. thanks for calling in. Thank you so much. Thanks. <laughs> Bye-bye. Hey, Barbara, this is Heather from Chicago. And when I saw your question about empty nest advice, I thought that couldn't have come at a better time. I have a daughter who is a senior in high school right now and is getting ready to apply to college. And already I can feel that tightness in my chest as I start to think about her not being here on a day-to-day basis. Of course, I'm thrilled that she's going to be heading off on this new adventure, and I know it's the right thing for her. But as we face changes, it's always difficult. I have a wonderful husband. I have a business and a career that I'm very happy about but I also know that there will be a void there. So any advice you could give, I would greatly appreciate. Thank you so much for all you do. I really admire all your hard work and wisdom. Thanks. We're soulmates on this question, I want you to know. Is that right? (laughs) Oh, without a doubt. I'm struggling with the exact same thing myself that you're going through, but I got a worse version of it, which is my 13-year-old has just left for boarding school. Oh, that's so about young. <laughs> so young to lose a kid, you know. I struggled with the decision for two years before I was brave enough to even make it. And mm-hmm. I made it entirely for her, although I really didn't want to do it for myself, you know. Four years well, too young, I think. Well, to leave if it's the, the right house. decision for your child, I assume it's the right thing to do. And But that's what we do as parents, right? Yeah. We try to make the right decision for our kids. If you're a good parent. But I, I have to tell you, it's honestly breaking my heart, you know? Oh. Yeah, breaking my heart. So I'm probably the worst person to give you advice, but at least I lost my son <laughs> to college and he never came back. I felt for sure he'd be dying to move back in with his father and I. But he uh, moved on. Yeah. Oh, he moved on. And I think he even looked relieved as he was moving on. I thought, man, I'm a magnificent mom. Why is he so happy leaving? (laughs) (laughs) You did a good job. He was ready to go. What's your daughter's name? My daughter's Lily. Lily. Oh, even a sweet name. My God, probably suits her well, right? She's a great, lovely girl. And I feel Mm. very fortunate in that I don't only love her. I also really like her. Like I Mm. love spending time with her, which is why I know that in making this transition, she's just someone with whom I like to spend my days. So when she's not going to be here, I know there's going to be that void and I want to be able to fill it productively rather than becoming some kind of basket case, which isn't my nature, but I'm so close with her that I want to make sure that I support her and she knows I'm thrilled for her. This is such a, an exciting time of life, but there's inevitably going to be some sadness because this chapter of our lives together is over. Well, you know, I've never met an ending that wasn't sad, honestly. I love beginnings. I specialize in that. It's always exciting. What's around the corner? Oh, who could she be? Who could I be? Uh, Mm -hmm. But all endings are sad, I think. So for me, if I could just tap into uh, what went on with my son, because I have a little distance from that now. He left home for college and never came back. I really thought he would come back because... He lives in my hometown and my apartment's so much nicer than his and his wife's is. They should both live with us, you know, but I still, honestly, if I were being very direct, I still have a broken heart over it. I feel like even though he's my son, in a way, I lost my best friend. It's just a real broken heart, like deeper than I felt I should be feeling. But that's been a lot of years now. That's been going on seven years since he left Mm -hmm. for college. And I've mostly filled that space with more friendships is what I found answered my call. Initially, I remember losing Tommy. I worked harder, filled the void, which is probably good in between medicine. I just worked harder. And Mm -hmm. so I had less uh, downtime to think about it. 
kept myself busy. That didn't amount to much. It amounted to kind of a, a different kind of empty feeling until I realized I needed more friends in my life. Like he was too much my friend almost, too important, too much a big piece of my life. And now I'm experiencing the same thing all over again with my Kate leaving because mm. she, like your Lily, is a sweetness, always sweet. I have never had a bad day with her. And she is joyful. She's funny. She's really my best friend. I don't know how my kid wound up being my best friend, but even more so than ever with Tommy because she's a girl. But I realized that I'm not as close with my old friends as I used to be. I, she kind of replaced a little of that commitment to friendships that I used to have and feel wholeheartedly. Uh, now they're on the side and Kate's the main friend. And then I have my other friends. Interesting. So uh, let me ask you this. Do you have a, a really close girlfriend or two on your side? Oh, yeah. I'm very fortunate that I have a very tight network of friends. And frankly, several of them are going through this transition at the same time. Mm. Some are a little ahead of me. Some are a little behind me. And in watching them navigate, I'm certainly trying to learn from their experience as well to make sure that I'm ready to take that next step and, again, be supportive, but also feel the loss. I can't just mask it in work or anything else. So I think the idea of friends is great because you can be emotional with them in a way that you can't necessarily be, obviously, in your professional context. Yes, yes. You know what I noticed among uh, my girlfriends who have had their kids uh, leave home? And then I'll tell you what I've noticed of my girlfriends who have their kids come back, which I don't want now. I thought that would be great, <laughs> but I don't want that. The ones who have left home, the ones that mourn the loss of their kids most are the best moms. It's almost like you mourn as hard as you love. You know, it's like mm. part of the same thing. So it's really a compliment to yourself that you're a phenomenal mom, that you love that hard, you know, you oh, pour yourself well, into your kid. It's a good report card. It's sadly not a happy nice one. That's nice to but... hear. Yeah. Well, I mean, you want to develop them in a way that they're ready to go. And again, she's completely ready to go. But I keep reminding myself that, no, I don't, obviously, the end game here is not to have her move back in and become a child again. Yeah. But it is to continue having a strong relationship with her as she goes through this process, mm -hmm. staying in touch, but not being in any way overbearing or intrusive and mm -hmm. allowing her to move forward the same way I need to move forward into this next chapter, whatever that may be. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing I just started with my Kate that has helped me tremendously, and I can't take credit for the idea, one of my closest friends suggested it, is I have uh, two set times a week that I speak to her, like after her study hall, nine o'clock on Sunday night and nine o'clock on Wednesday night. Oh, that's and, great. And uh, I would suggest you set that up for a lot of reasons. One, she doesn't have to feel guilty that she's not calling me. And I tried that for a few months. Mm -hmm. That didn't work. Okay. <laughs> and secondly, I get the joy of anticipating the call, knowing I have a safe spot that I'm going to touch base and touch her, you know, and she touches me back. That's fabulous. So I feel like that carries me through the week, you know. The other thing I wanted to say is the moms that I know who faked being independent of their children and went after them trying to like kind of claw their own importance back into their life away are exactly the moms that don't have good relationships with their kids today. You know, I've seen mm. that over seven, eight years. The kids don't want any part of them, which is the saddest thing of all. So sure. I learned from watching them that other very important lesson is to not chase my kids. 
Yep. You know, and that's why, again, I like the two appointments a week, you know, and if she chooses that she doesn't want to talk twice a week, I'll accept that. But so far, she seems happy with it and I seem happy with it. You know, that's great. Yeah. And are you able to watch her develop and change? I would imagine as the week progresses, something that's a big deal on Wednesday may not be a big deal on Friday. So you can calm down a little bit. She's not that kind of kid. Doesn't have a lot of drama. You know, she's felt her oats a little bit at the school and testing a couple of limits. I'd like to see her more excitable about stuff that's bothering her, honestly. She's kind of like very low-keyed and even, you know? Uh-huh. It's really about having a base where you know you can touch your child and have a conversation. And a short conversation. She's off the phone within two minutes. We run out of mm-hmm. stuff to talk about, you know? <laughs> but I have to say what has seen me through the loss of my son leaving home and now is helping me again with Kate is I've brought my girlfriends in closer. That's great. It should be my husband. I try that, but somehow that doesn't work. Somehow, <laughs> somehow he, no, really, I, and I really have tried that. Like, oh, let me play more Scrabble games with Bill. Let's go out for dinner more with Bill. No, 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 no. He's not changing at all. He's not crying about any loss. I'm the one that's got the problem, so I have to find a different solution. It's not the marriage, that's for sure. And, and your girlfriend's help. <laughs> oh, the girlfriends are great, and a bottle of cold white Pinot Grigio helps as well. <laughs> <laughs> when we get together, right? Yeah. It's the cure-all. Oh, that's great. Okay. So that's the best advice I could offer you. And I'm not even sure if it's any of it's really good because I am struggling exactly again with what you're struggling with, having your lily go off. But there's no other way to make an independent child. And that in the long game is what we really all want of our kids. Even more than they love, we want to make sure they're independent in life. They they can provide for themselves. That's the best gift of all for Lily, for Kate. And let's keep telling ourselves that in hopes that we believe it. What do you think? I agree. Great (laughs) advice. Thank you so much. Thank you, Heather, so much for And I hope you're feeling better about Kate as time goes on as well. Yeah. Oh, by the week, I do feel better. No doubt about that. Yeah. Great. Okay. You will too. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks so much, Robert. Pleasure. Bye-bye. And that's all the questions we have time for today. I hope you found the advice helpful. Think I got it right? Think I got it wrong? Have an idea for a great guest? Come on, give it to me. Tweet me at Barbara Corcoran using the hashtag 888Barbara and keep those questions coming into the 888Barbara hotline. You can subscribe to this show wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't be coy. Leave a review for the show at Apple Podcasts and keep the party going on. We'll see you next time. 888 Barber is produced by Sandy Smolens for Audiation. And Lila Mann is our executive producer. Audiation.